Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Peret Hay, Pasuk Aleph, Ushlomo Hayah Mosheo Bechol Hamamalachos. So we see just two points prior to plunging into this. This was a time like no other in our Jewish history. It is where, in fact, Shlomo had established an empire, a political empire, a military empire, a spiritual empire, a time where B'nai Israel lived totally free of war, of internal strife, totally loyal to this Torah, uh, absent of Zorah, unbelievable accumulated wealth. And now they are poised, the ultimate move of destiny, building what was so obsessive to David, the bias Rishon, building the base Hamikdash, which Shlomo will accomplish. So we begin with Shlomo Hayam Mosheel, the Chohamamnochos min Hanahar, Eretz Plishkin, the Adgabu Mitzrayim, Magishim Mincha, the Odim Eshlomo Kolyamei Chayam. Shlomo rules from all of the kingdoms, from the Nahar Eretz Plishtim. Nahar is the Nahar Pras, the Euphrates, which is the most northernmost border uh, in Iraq. Uh, Eretz Plishtim, the land of the Plishtim, and up until the Gvul of Mitzrayim. What's the land of the Plishtim? Where are, where are the Plishtim? They are They're in Gaza? that corner, yeah. Gaza, uh, Ashkelon, they occupy that, is it would be eastern, no, it would be the western slice of Israel, which touches the Egyptian border. Magish and Mincha, they pay Shlomo tribute, and Mincha, the old Shlomo and they worship. So in other words, he may not have had physical control, but the other nations of the world, <clears throat> either through fear or through um, desire to form alliances, pay tribute to him. Interestingly, those borders that we just learned are not accidentally um, spoken. We learn in Bereshis, Perek Tesvav, Pasuk Yudches, when Kaddish Baruch Hu appears for the first time to Avraham, he says, Lizarecha nasati es ha'aretz hazos, I am to give this land to your descendants, Menahar Mitzrayim, Ad Hanahar Hagadol, Nahar Pras. This is exactly conforming to what the Kaddish Baruch Hu promises them. Now we're going to see just the incredible logistical support that Shlomo required to run this empire. Uh, as you're going to see, it accounted for a terrific amount of food, terrific amount of taxes, a terrific amount of support. And so we see, for example, Pesach Bey's the daily bread requirements for Shlomo to feed his own staff there. Now we have learned in the Farshim, they state that 60,000 people went through Shlomo's dining room a day because you had out-of-town delegations, you had a retinue, you had the army, you had his family, you had delegations coming from every country that we played host to. So Vayihi Lechem Shlomo Yom Echad, Shloshin Kor, Solas, 
it was 30 core of fine flour, that's the superior flour, Bashishim Karkemach, 60 core of regular flour. Let me just continue the next person. Asara Bakar Solis, uh, 10 fat cows, which are the most desirable. Bashishim uh, Karkemach, I'm sorry, Asara Bashim Bakar Re'e Umeyatzon, 10 fat cows, 20 grazing cows, 100 sheep, Levad, not including may oil, uh, may oil we can interpret as either oxen or gazelles, Utsvi would be deer, Bayachmar is a form of antelope, Uberubim, fattened, fattened cows and cattle, fowl, and Uberdurim, um, Abusim. And um, uh, again, cattle that had been specifically fattened. So those interested, the metric equivalent of a core is 400 liters. So there you have it. Furthermore, he who Rodet, because he had, Rodet means dominion. Shlomo had dominion, Bechol, Abraham, Noah, on both sides of the river, Mipasach, Ba'al Aza, Bechol Malche, Abraham, Nahor, every city on both sides of the river, Bishalom, Hoyolo, Mikola, Barov. And as we said, there was peace reigning from both sides of the, of the rivers, Misabim, and all around him. By Yoshev Yehuda of Israel, Levetach, the nation of Judah and Israel rested in security. And here's the beautiful expression we get from there. Ish tachas no, the tachas teno. So every man under his vineyard and under his fig tree, midan abder sheva, kol shlomo. There was security. There was um, a, a tremendous satisfaction in their lives. What, what do we make of and uh, just a specific lashon that Yehuda and Yisrael? We may have talked about this previously, but... Yes, it's to reinforce, remember, he's still from Shevet Yehuda, and the dynasty is to stay in Shevet Yehuda. Notwithstanding, it's a good question, it's notwithstanding the democracy of this all, Yehuda was uh, prima inter pares, you know, first among equals there. And so that's letting them know. Now, the Chilkalu Hanitzabim Ha'ela Es Hamela Shlom. What we saw yesterday, excuse <clears> me, <throat> that system of 12 regional officers whose job was once a month to provide all the food requisitions for Shlomo. And we learned yesterday that they did it not with money, but with in kind. They got the produce, they produced it, and they delivered it. Now we're going to learn this called Hakari Velshulchan Hamela Shlomo Ishchad Show, and they brought it each month to Shlomo Lo Yaju Dabar. They didn't omit a thing. Bahasorim, Bahatemen, Susin, the barley and the wheat for the horses, or Rahosh, Yodi, and the chariot men, Yodi El Hamakon. This we didn't know. They didn't just deliver it to Yerushalayim and dump it in the palace courtyard. They went to where Shlomo was, where it was needed. In other words, if Shlomo was visiting the northern provinces, the food went to the northern provinces. An interesting parish, we have learned Shlomo had 700 wives, 300 production. 
These wives, Medru says, had to have a comparable dinner or meal ready because Shlomo could announce at a given moment he was visiting them. So this was duplicative many, many times over. Uh, so we see what a gargantuan task is involved here. By Yitain Elohim, Chachma Shlomo Miyavim. Chachma, Usluna Harbe, is a kind of Bina. Chachma is knowing things, the facts, right and wrong. It seems to me that a lot of his wisdom is his administrative ability. Part of it. Because until now, you've never seen anything like this. Right. Right? There's no question. Phenomenal delegator is what they say also. Uh, the the wideness of his heart, his judgment, his wisdom was like the sands that reached the slots of the young. <coughs> Moreover, his wisdom superseded any of the wisdom of the fabled of the East, and that's not to be denigrating. Remember, they founded astrology, they did building, they founded mathematics, a Mitzrayim into its construction, and again, even its astrology. And they tell a um, great medrash about Chachmas Mitzrayim, but Paro relied on these astrologers who we've seen did have magic powers. So at the time he was building the base Mikdash, Shlomo called on Merach Mitzrayim to provide some assistance, usually in the nature of building. And so the, the Pharaoh was not too enthused about this, that he's being called upon as a pagan deity to finance or to provide men for the base Mikdash. What he had the Khartoumim do was pick out, I think, 60 men of builders who they foretold, seemingly healthy specimens, who they foretold with their astrology would die within a year. So they came to Shlomo fully ready to work. Shlomo was that brilliant and that incisive that he knew they were going to die within a year. And he purchased 60 shrouds, tachrichim, and he sent them back to the king saying, do you need my tachrichim, etc.? Here, here they are. In other words, he outwitted him. He knew just what he was doing. That's how extensive his wisdom. He was wiser than any person who ever lived. That's considered to be Abraham. The Haman is considered Moshe. The Haminu Bo is the root. The Chalkol is Yosef that he gave Chalkola. The Dagai B'nei Machol, that stands for really the generation of the Midbar, how brilliant they were. He exceeded them all. His name was famous all about people came to revel in his wisdom, to consult him, etc. And he spoke 3,000 mashal, which would be proverbs. And he had 5,000 uh, songs. Most of these are lost to us. We don't know where they are. But those that survived the mashal and the proverbs are in his safer mishle. Those shiros that so are in his Sefer Shir Hashirim. 
And so that survives, including his book called Hellas as well. Moreover, he was able not only to communicate with trees, but Yadavarela aids him in our eras from the cedar, Asher Bilbonon, that was in Lebanon, called Azov, the hyssop, Asher Yatsar that comes out of the walls. He was a botanist. He was an amazing botanist, as well knowing every flower, its function, its intermeshing with every other flower. By Yadavar al he spoke to the animals, while her oath, the birds, while Haremes, the crawling creatures, while He knew every animal, he knew their role, he knew their anatomy, he knew their biology. By Yavamikolamim, and came, everyone came from every nation with Shmoa, is Chachmashlomo, just to revel in his wisdom, may his Komachei Haaretz, Asher Shomu, is Chachmaso, that have heard of his wisdom. Now, uh, we are going to get to that part where it creates a failing of Shlomo. We had said in the beginning, uh, that he had by he loved what is it? I leave something out about his stables. Uh, yes. By go back to Pasad Bal. By Uros Susin. He had four forty thousand stables. Doesn't include the amount of stalls. Le Merkava, Ustemos are LF Prussian, 12,000 wagons with drivers at them. The Divrei um, Hayamim <coughs> uses a different calculation, says it wasn't 40,000, it was 4,000, but they divide it into more stalls in the stable. So if you're interested in the numerology, either way, with adjusting for the stables in the in the stalls for the 40,000 stables or the 4,000, it comes, are you ready, to 160 million horses. So now you have a very big problem. We have learned in Devarim, Yud Zion, Pasuk um, Yud Zion, uh, Yud Tesvav and Zion, and I quote, um, uh, let me just get that. Rock, we are instructing Moshe on instructing the king of Israel, the future kings. Rock, lo yarbelo susin. He is not to multiply his possession of horses. Velo yoshives ha and in doing that, not to return the nation to Mitzrayim, Laman Harbosus. Apparently then, as in Shlomo's time as well, the greatest premium line of horses came from Egypt. So do not go to Egypt to get those horses because you do not want to return the nation to Egypt. Do not go back on this route. Below your moreover, the king should not multiply wives. Below your sulavavo, because they will lead his heart astray in avodah zorah, etc. Also, kesef and zahav lo yarbe, he shouldn't do gold. It is interesting that these two mitzvahs of lo yarbe lo sosim 
and of Lo Yarbel Lo Nashim are one of the few mitzvahs in the Torah that give the reason. It states it explicitly that the reason is you don't want the nation encouraged to go back to Mitzrayim, and two, a multiplicity of women, of wives, are going to lead his heart astray. So how, in view of this, did Shlomo do this? How did he reckon with this? How did he ignore it, really? Says Sanhedrin Chop Aleph, as a general proposition, why are the reasons for the commandments not given to us? It just states what it is. Because there are two commandments where the reasons were revealed and even the greatest of the world in that time stumbled over them and transgressed them. So the question they raised, was it not better or were it not better that we don't reveal them? It's a, it's a system of legislation. And how did he avoid it? That Shlomo, what he did was reason that, this, that he is smart enough, as it were, to avoid the pitfalls. He reasoned that he was able to work it out. He would not be tempted to go back to Egypt, which was totally wrong. He would not be led astray by his wife. In other words, his brilliance and his chachma caused him to stumble on two of the basic mitzvahs, really three, the one of gold, so that was given to kings. So we see there that this thing is being, you know, too smart, and that's what the metrics is trying to imply, that when you give the reason for something, you're going to have somebody, in this case legitimately like Shomo, who thinks it's not going to happen to me. I understand the reason. I will not be foolish enough to go to Mitzrayim to get horses. I will not be foolish to multiply wives that will eventually lead me astray. And we saw they did at the end of his regime, it still describes him getting this magnificent personal chariot from Mitzrayim. So we see how that was the failings. That, unfortunately, is going to be seeds of his undoing, but certainly not for now. And now we are going to see an alliance, an unbelievable, unprecedented alliance between two kings, Shlomo and Hiram of Tyre, that together will fill out the Jewish destiny and building the much dreamed about Beis Hamikdash tomorrow, 845 in Yerushalayim.